Nothing like uh, going old school and having it work better. No true words yet spoken? I'm Todd Dills, and in this edition of the Overdrive Radio Podcast, we'll hear more of a conversation with California-based produce broker Pam Young, who you heard at the top. She was talking specifically about the telephone connection that we were on laid down via a landline phone with her traditional handset after a headset produced no shortage of feedback. Her lauding of the old school ways could well apply to much more in her business. Young's out of Salinas, out of the Salinas area in California, and has a broker operating out of Bend, Oregon as well, with Washington apples and pears to add to Young's own stable of California business, cherries lately too, as you'll hear, among other produce on lanes to Texas, primarily for distributors. Young works for the stable of core carriers, mostly small fleets and independent owner-operators, and she'd been in touch following my story about some of the liability and risk cram-down attorney Hank Seaton noted he'd been seeing in some shippers and brokers' contracts, all of it related to the Food Safety Modernization Act's relatively new responsibilities placed on such shippers and brokers, and some on carriers, to ensure sanitary transportation of fresh food. Before we get to Young's business and what she sees in terms of the broker-carrier relationship and more in today's trucking, I want to share a couple of viewpoints in the audio mailbag following my Channel 19 blog post earlier in the week about owner-operator Jerry Allen's experience with the 120 FELD electronic logging device, which officially sunset this week. Allen wasn't the only hauler forced forced into sitting idle and missing opportunity as a result of the company's closure of their ELD. Nor was he the only owner-op disgusted by the company jumping ship on the electronic device so quickly after the mandate went into full effect in April. Oh yes, this is John Hose with J. Allen Trucking, um, calling out of Houston, Texas. Uh, was a uh, a new authority. Uh, I had it for six months. Uh, when the ELD effect went in effect, I went with 120. Um, had continuous amount of problems. I uh, couldn't get resolved from inside 120. I couldn't even get them an answer. Tell me why and what was going on. I had continual issues with the app, you know, in the device itself. Um, I'm completely disheartened by the whole situation considering that uh, they were for the trucker uh, outfit. And I'm really tired of hearing that, seeing people come in light of that claim. Um, but I got put out of service last week in uh, Missouri for my ELD uh, not working properly. And so they put me out of service and uh, I've never been put out of service a day in my life in all my trucking years. It happened from this ELD. So here I am, Forrest, and I'm just like the guy in your article, um, you know, Alan. Uh, you know, I, I can't roll, I couldn't roll today. I can't roll tomorrow. I don't have an ELD. I'm waiting for Lord to get here. John was calling earlier in the week. Calls to his phone line from here haven't gotten through to him just yet. He continues here though talking about his own attempts to interact with the 120 company. And I am literally in awe. I've put messages on their Facebook page and comments and I can't get a reply. I still don't even know why and what went wrong. But uh, I'm really tired of these companies out here that are saying they're for these trucking companies, truckers and individual owner operators in there and, and they're leaving us out to dry. So, um, not even an explanation was horrible, but I will say this: TBS came through um, and uh, submitted us a hundred-dollar check to help reimburse the cost. 
I can't uh, say enough about them and what they've done for a problem that really isn't even theirs. So my hat's off to TBS. Sounds like John, as with Jerry Allen, came to 120's FELD through TBS Factoring's recommendation of 120's ELD as a low-cost, one-time fee option for e-logs. There are other similar pricing structures out there, some a good deal more expensive but proven, like the Continental VDO Roadlogs base version, a dedicated e-log device. Others are somewhat similar in cost, from providers like Garmin, Blue Ink Technology, and others. And pair an ECM plug-in with a smartphone or tablet app. Another hauler, Steve Hegelmeyer, left a message on our podcast line noting he'd gotten up and running after the FELD's demise for no cost with the switchboard provider. Their app is capable of pairing with 120's hardware with some basic updates the company is able to make. You can find details about that by searching switchboard at overdriveonline.com. I wrote about their offer to 120 FELD users a couple weeks back now. Here's Hegelmeyer. FELD going out of business was the best thing that ever happened to me. I just downloaded the Switchboard app on my telephone, or, and then on my tablet, and it hooked right up to the existing hardware. It, when I stopped, instead of having to turn off the software, reboot it, and all the other nonsense I had to go through, I just pushed the button that says off duty it puts me off duty immediately uh, I sign the thing one time if I'm off three days it shows off duty for all three days and certifies them all at once it's the easiest thing it's actually easier than paper logs I never thought I would say this but this system is better than paper logs uh, you got to use it to believe it it's the easiest thing and here's hoping functionality continues well for him. If you've shifted e-log providers after the FELD's end, what's been your experience? You can always weigh in via 530-408-6423, the Overdrive Radio podcast line, with a message. TBS wasn't the only company to refer clients to 120. Large broker C.H. Robinson had a discount program in place for its contractors. I reached out to Robinson for any potential comment on the FELD to FELD's demise, they weren't forthcoming with any information about what operators working with them had done. If you've seen some success with another better functioning provider, let us know. Again, that number, 530-408-6423. Now, shifting gears to broker Pam Young, who detailed her history in the fresh produce business and what she's looking for in owner-operator partners in a conversation this week. Young's been proactive with her core small fleets and owner-operators, helping assure compliance with the Food Safety Modernization Act, even launching a new business in Healthy Trailer, LLC, patenting a partially automated reefer washout machine, and open for washout business in King City, California of late. More about that in a later podcast. Here's Young setting the stage for the rest of the discussion today, the profile of her brokerage business, Pam Young and Company. This business that I own actually now. I've been here for 20 years, and uh, but it, it was started in 1978. And um, it's kind of a fun history because the guy that I bought the business from um, was partners with my father way back. Um, their history is, is uh, Bruce Church, Fresh Express is probably a name that you're more familiar with. But he got into the brokerage business and then... Um, ended up 
selling it to me for a whopping one dollar. And <laughs> uh, but the fun, the reason why I say he's he's interesting and it's a fun story is he was very um, very busy and very active in the early Walmart Food Lion. Well, I don't even, yeah, Food Lion and and some of those Winn Dixie, you know, when they were just getting off the ground. Um, yeah. And so uh, that's how I was trained, that kind of, uh, you know, brokerage style. And of course, in those days, it was, um, you know, fax, typewriter telephone okay. very few you know cell phones were they weren't even around when we first got started so um you know the business in those days was um had to be a lot of personal one-on-one and um which even today with healthy trailer i feel like the the best business i have the most successful relationships um are all tied in some way or another back to the old, you know, old style face-to-face um, communication and, and what do you need, you know, how can I help you kind of kind of um, mentality. I just mentioned that story because today, um, you know, we, Pam Young and Company is not really big. We do quite a bit into Texas. And um, since I've started Healthy Trailer, I've really scaled back on what I was doing with Pam Young and Company. But um, okay. so I'm I'm personally not doing a lot of the brokering um, that's handled out of our. We have a Bend office, Bend Oregon, Washington. Uh, excuse me, Bend Oregon office that handles apples and pears out of the Northwest, specifically Washington, mostly not much out of Oregon, and now um, then some out of California. Been doing a, a few cherry loads, which are scary, um, just because they're very yeah. expensive. But um, I've heard that. Know, I've, <laughs> yeah, it's there. It is pretty scary. But you know, what's interesting is a couple of years ago, one of our customers asked us to do cherries because they'd been having so many problems with their carrier and or their broker, and I really didn't want to do them because of the price. But um, you know. He pointed out that they were um, a lot less fragile than strawberries, and strawberries, you know, were a core of my business for a number of years, and I sucked it up, and we do cherries now. So with fresh produce, you know, things happen really fast. There's a lot of details going on um, in these days, and I say these days because there really is a shift in the mindset, um, at least in the drivers that we see. And we have to really um, pay a lot more attention. And we've always prided ourselves on, on the attention to details that we do provide, but there's just a lot of people on the road that are um, just very inexperienced. And um, there there is a little bit of a... I listened to one of your podcasts, um, I don't remember the guy's name, but he was talking about how these days there's a lot of drivers where it's just a job and not a profession. Young here is talking about my conversation with Kentucky-based longtime owner-operator Jim Bardsley for a few weeks back, to wit. You had your differences about the kind of truck, but you had guys, you know, everybody had that common bond. 
the way you get you see the guys on the bikes with you know they, they, everybody's on two wheels they wave at each other this and that now it's not that way in trucking and i really don't know how to bring it back because you have so many different people for whom this is just a job you know it's not a li it's not a livelihood it's not an occupation it's not a, a profession it's just the way they make their money and we can really see that um, you know this business has always had um, a real solid core of owner operators or fleets of you know five or less trailers that's that's just been our niche because that's the driver that we see are is um, you know most uh, diligent and uh, most um, you know again paying attention to details. That's really important. And and the big thing to us is really communication. Um, it comes down to you know if there's no dialogue, it's it's a real scary trip. And these days, it's so, and I keep going to these days, I'm sorry, it's just uh, now that I'm kind of reflecting back, what's interesting to me is there's this, I feel like this feeling that now that we're, we're texting and emailing and, and doing all these, using all these digital means of communicating, that the drivers really don't want to be disturbed and would prefer everything, you know, via their phone or their or their laptops. And you know, really, the better drivers. A lot of times, we see opposite that. Um, they want to have a conversation. They want to know um, is you know what I'm doing okay? Not that they're um, second guessing their work, but there's just I really do know based on what you, you know, what I read and, and what I hear, that there's um, a lot of, there are many bad brokers out there. And when I say bad, they just really don't want to invest in the driver or the load right. or the customer. You know, it's really a, a money thing. And um, there's just a lot of things right. that slip through the cracks that way. I mean, I think... Uh communication and, and sort of the desire to uh, to communicate to really know uh, that whoever that person is on the other end of the line that you're sort of dealing with in in business is a kind of an investment as well you know I mean and that's it's not it's not all about money right and that can be a seems to me like those those uh, you know for, for you uh, when, when you see when you when you find those committed uh, carriers that are in in constant communication with you really uh want uh, want all the detail that they can get uh, just to, to make sure they're they're handling um whatever move they're doing uh correctly the same can probably be said about um, the carriers um the way to identify the good folks out there is uh is, is to um See, see how much they want to know about you, right? I, I don't know. There's, there's a, there's, there's a definite sort of two-way street here, and it's, uh, it's just kind of interesting to hear you talk about it for sure, from the broker's perspective, because I hear the same kinds of things from, from the, you know, the owner operators out there who I know are, 
Well, I feel like, um, you know, everybody wants to do a good job. It doesn't matter what they're doing. And, and to me, to, to have good, um, satisfactory, productive work in our lives, it, it's, it comes down to being able to, um, do our best work. And I've seen it so often, um, with drivers and, and more in the bigger companies. Um, where they're just kind of pointed out the door, here's the keys, but the minute they mess up, you know, and sometimes it's legitimate, you know, know what they couldn't get a hold of anybody, which, you know, communication. Um, they're just, before they ever start, they're doomed to um, doing a poor job because they just aren't given um, the tools or provided, uh, you know, the resources or whatever they need to be productive and that's um there's a lot of good people out there driving that could be awesome if they just had support um and i feel like that's what that's what a broker's job is you know i I read a lot of facebook um well i shouldn't say a lot in fact people give me a hard time because i'm not out there enough but when i do read um, some of the groups the biggest complaint is you know or 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 question is just that. They've had a question, where do you go? And then they've got to turn out to their their trucking community. But they should be able to call their broker at any time and say, look, this is what's going on. I need help. And um, they say, yeah, you know, you can't even get a hold of anybody after whatever that time period is. So, And one thing you just mentioned about, you know, sometimes it doesn't really come down to money. What's interesting to me is that one of the reasons our carriers do like working with us is because we just, when there's a problem, we have skin in the game too. We have um, a lot of reason to work towards the best outcome, for instance, with the claim. We had a cherry problem a couple weeks ago, and what could have been a rejection of the whole load, we ended up at $300, which is, you know, a lot of people are, that's a miracle. It took a lot of conversation, and in the end, that trucking company is—they—they they just say a lot of good things about us. But I, you know, we've earned that because we just don't, you know, turn them loose and hope for the best. So it, a lot of times, it does come down, you know, to money, but in a good way. Young elaborated on that load of cherries and the delay, then a near loss that happened. Well, we had. Um, uh, a situation where the trailer was, um, you know, the, the company was uh, just, they couldn't receive everybody, and so we had to come back the next day, and the driver, you know, of course, he's already frustrated because he's missed his, you know, his reload, and mm-hmm. um, then uh, somebody pulls out in front of him, and he does, um, you know, corrective driving, so on and so forth, and... Um, first opened up the doors it looked like we had uh, a lot of problems and it turned out it was not that at all and we just got some help in in fixing what we could and like I said you know there's a lot of brokers that would just turn around and start you know deducting and just the fact that we were in in conversation or in communication with the driver for two days and the you know and the trucking company owner um, we were just able to get help, get help quickly, and yeah. um, get the problem resolved. So I mean everything. Ultimately, it, it, it worked out. There was 
there may have been some loss, but uh, not enough to make it not worth everybody's while, basically. Well, those are the things that are, you know, they're just not fun. Um, it, it's just not fun. There's no way around it. And I, it's funny, as I was thinking about talking to you and, and the brokerage business and specifically, uh, it is a hard job because you <laughs> never know, especially in fresh produce, you just never know what's going to happen. And um, I had somebody tell me early on, you know, if this was easy, everybody would be doing it. And um, that is very true. But there's just a lot of um, – when those problems happen, for us, we always look back and there's been something really cool that's happened after that. Either we – you know, it's either been a new relationship or, you know, a lot of times in this particular situation, if there's a problem – and the broker and the carrier and the driver were all working through it. The customer, a good customer will see that and they will, they will choose that broker and try to go for that carrier, but especially the broker. I mean, it really speaks volumes for the company that digs in and, you know, stands behind their service. Um, and, you know, it works the other way too. If I've got a, a somebody that's delivering and, um, you know, it goes back to the character of the of the companies that we work with. You know, you can pretty much tell what's going to happen pretty quick based on, you know, who you're loading, you know, the driver and, you know, like we'll have a problem sometimes and uh, somebody will throw out an accusation. Well, your driver, you know, didn't do this or didn't do that. And it's like, well, okay, so here's the deal. We've loaded this person for however long, and, and you know, we really haven't had a problem like that, but tell me about it. And then a lot of times, if we walk the dog backwards, you know, we can kind of find out what happened and where it went wrong. And because, you know, we have a reputation for being honest, um, some of that second guessing goes away, and you can really get down to the problem and, and get it resolved. Right now, our our core business is going into Texas and that surrounding area. And like I said, we have a, um, a large business that is um, not loaded directly through them, um, but okay. through some of their produce su suppliers. We have shipping customers as well. Um, again, we've uh, when when you what happens a lot of times for a broker like ourselves is we'll work for a retail or a food service company, and then as we're doing that, our you know shippers that we're working with start noticing a difference in how we manage their freight, even though they're not paying the bill. And so pretty soon they're realizing that we're calling ahead to make sure we know where the you know what, when the product's either going to be ready or when it's going to be cooled or you know some of these. Some of these facilities, there's several loading locations. So, you know, they they notice that we're we're getting ahead of the game before we even send the driver off on their way, and so that's how we pick up uh, shipper clients as well. Um, they like, you know, our style. It is really challenging, I will say, because for a smaller person, smaller company like ours, you know, the big guys really want. Um, capacity commitments and 
that is hard for us to do um, just because we're we are definitely smaller and right. um, how many people how many uh, people do do employ well right now because I've been doing healthy trailer it's uh, it I do a little bit but uh, most of our you know our Texas stuff is coming is booked out of um, at a bend and that's um, her mm-hmm. name is Allie Allie Callahan and she's so really right now there's just two of us managing two, two um, guys. Gotcha. what we're doing yeah so how many how many carriers are you are you working with you know we have a California core and then we have a Washington or um, Utah Colorado core and um, we probably have about ten large carriers meaning you know 10 to 20 trailers and then we have a lot of um, owner operators that you know just kind of fill in the gaps here and there so are you posting freight to load boards and such are you just working with your core primarily you know Allie does use truckstop.com and in fact uh, I've never uh, I've never really been a load board person just because I'm like I said, I'm kind of face-to-face oriented, either mm-hmm. also with the telephone, but still, it's, I like that. I like that real-time conversation. But she has she has picked up about three to five carriers through Truck Stop. That honestly, I just um, I love them. I mean, they are they are really diligent and uh, professional and people that. Well, one of them is the only people, the only carrier that I will use on cherries. That's a that's a good thing. This morning I was, like I said, I just wanted to kind of get my my brain around uh, what had happened in the last 12 hours or so in the business. And um, I did happen to see a little survey that somebody had put out there about what makes people, what makes uh, owner operators most annoyed with brokers. And the number one mm-hmm. thing was. Um, lowballing uh, a rate. I think that that kind of happens on, uh, it feels like it happens anyway more on load boards. I could be really wrong about that. It's just kind of, you know, there's so much that you can hear in a person's conversation or voice where, you know, you can get a sense pretty quick about whether it's going to be a baloney, you know, it's like, yeah, I got, (laughs) you know, such and such and it's wonderful to have a core of carriers and not really have to do much outside of that. But the downside is that your business kind of gets stuck, and then that's not fun either. So, with the with the turn to um, electronic logging devices, I, I imagine, I mean, given the size of the, of the carriers that you you guys are working with, um, you know, we're talking this is my this is my audience basically, uh, owner ops up to you know the ten truck fleets. Uh, things that uh, carriers of that size. A lot of these folks obviously have very recently turned to, to electronic logging devices. Did you uh, did you guys experience um, any challenges uh, with that? Did, did your did your carriers um, did you hear anything from your carriers about the switch? Another good question. I, I'll tell you, it was it's been kind of you know it's kind of like the food safety um, situation where there's this rule. And everybody kind of wears it like a coat a little differently. You know, it's sometimes a little restrictive and tight fitting and other people are loving it. Um, We've had a 
variety of different responses. Um, we have some carriers that really pretty much don't want to load with us anymore because I got really kind of um, hard-nosed about hours of service. Probably it really started about an, a year or so ago because um, I just was getting increasingly uncomfortable with um, not following the rule. Um, you know, the, the society is so, I just didn't want to be liable for, for somebody else's bad decision. And yeah, it's, it just. Uh, it's gotten pretty litigious out there for sure. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. And I, we had already been through a, a little problem probably 10 years ago now. It wasn't an hours of service, but it was still a, you know, a, a little rule and somebody, you know, it, it's, it is really hard. Truck drivers, at least, you know, and the experience I've had, um, they are really, even the ones that work for companies are, the better ones are, have a real independent sense about them. And oh, yeah. I'm probably preaching to the choir. You probably know exactly what I'm talking about, but they just don't like to be um, overmanaged. And yep. we started seeing that, you know, with the hours. And but at the same time, especially, you know, with the the food safety issue, you know, in the big picture, if somebody goes to court, they're going to look at a lot of different aspects of a company's business and their procedures and, and what they're willing right. to deal, accept. And if we got into a food safety thing, I didn't want, you know, inspectors or investigations or, or even a, a legal issue where somebody said, well, you know, you're okay with running trucks till they're dropping dead. And um, I just, I just, that really scared me. And so with Allie, I finally said, look, you know, it's gotta be legal. And, you know, the old days, we would just say, hey, you know, whatever you run like you want to run, because I do understand that a lot of drivers have their own clocks, body clocks. Oh, sure. I really get that, and that's a problem with this rule. And in the news today, yet another bipartisan bill addressing some aspects of the hours of service, particularly the various short-haul exceptions to the rule, but most importantly for this audience, an attempt to grease the skids for potential rulemakings FMCSA may decide to pursue around split sleeper flexibility, pending their long-held-up study of split sleep. So, just maybe, there's some relief, if not yet in sight, somewhere out there on the horizon. Otherwise, that's a wrap for this edition of the podcast. I'll share further talk with Young about the Food Safety Modernization Act, her own healthy trailer washout station and technology, and more down the road. Till next time. Stay safe out there.